Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work, and you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, including our special guest, Kathleen Pasadomo. She's serving as the president of the Florida State Senate, also our state senator. We'll visit with Boo Mortensen to find out what's new with Boo. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll also visit with Linda Harden. It is January uh, the 10th, and on this day in 1901, a drilling derrick at Spindletop Hill near Beaumont, Texas, produced an enormous gush of crude oil, coating the landscape for hundreds of feet and signaling the advent of the American oil industry. The geyser was discovered as a depth of only 1,000 feet, flowed at an initial rate of approximately 100,000 barrels a day, and took nine days to cap. Following the discovery, petroleum, which would until that time have been used in the United States primarily as a lubricant and in kerosene for lamps, would become the main fuel source for new inventions such as cars, airplanes, coal-powered forms of transportation, including ships and trains, would also convert to the liquid fuel. Crude oil, which became the world's first trillion-dollar industry, was a natural mix of hundreds of different hydrocarbon compounds trapped in underground rock. The hydrocarbons were formed millions of years ago when tiny aquatic plants and animals died and settled in the bottoms of ancient waterways, creating a thick layer of organic material. Sediment later covered the material, putting heat and pressure on it and transforming it into petroleum that comes out of the ground today. In the early 1890s, Texas businessman and amateur geologist Patillo Higgins uh, became convinced there was a large pool of oil under a salt dome formation south of Beaumont. He and several partners established the Gladys City Oil Gas and Manufacturing Company and made several unsuccessful drilling attempts before Higgins left the company. In 1899, Higgins leased a tract of land in the Spindletop to mining engineer Anthony Lucas. The Lucas gusher blew on January the 10th and it ushered in the liquid fuel age. Unfortunately for Higgins, he lost his ownership stake by that point. Wilma became a black gold boom town. Its population tripled in three months. The town filled up with oil workers, investors, merchants, and con men, leading some people to call it Swindle Top. Within a year, there were more than 285 active wells at Spindle Top and an estimated 500 oil and land companies operating in the area, including some that are major players today, like Humble, which is now Exxon, the Texas Company, which is uh, Texaco, and Mag Magnolia Petroleum Company, which is now Mobile. Spindletop experienced a second boom starting in the 20s, with more oil was discovered at deeper depths, and in the 50s, Spindletop mined for sulfur. Today, only a few oil wells still operate in the area. The beginning of uh, a first trillion-dollar industry, the oil industry found this quote, which I think is apropos, strange times are these in which we live with old and young are taught falsehoods in school, and the persons that dare to tell the truth is called at once a lunatic and a fool. Who said that? Well, that's Plato. 
human nature hasn't changed much. That's one of the reasons why I like to cover something in history to start the show. It's good for my learning and keeping me up to date, but also reminding us the Santa Ana's uh, charges that, uh, you know, history, if you're if you don't know history, it tends to repeat itself. Well, Damar Hamlin has now been dis- discharged from hospital and is returning home to Buffalo per his physicians at the University of Cincinnati Health. It's just amazing. This is truly a miracle that he had to be lying with his heart stopped just on Monday. Be- I had a football game and come back this early being discharged from the hospital. Don't know if he'll ever play football again, but it is truly a medical miracle that he's alive today. And if you're a football fan, Georgia dominated Texas Christian University yesterday at a whopping 65-7 to to win the school's second straight college football national championship. The Horned Frogs from TCU, their season came to an unceremonious end, but fans of the program will remember a team that fought and shocked the college football world week after week. Uh, again, 65-7, to kind of a blowout, but congratulations to both teams on a fantastic season. Governor Ron DeSantis appointed new leadership at the new College of Florida to overhaul the institution's equity ideology for a merit-based approach. The new College of Florida is a top-ranked public liberal arts college that has around 700 students. It is our hope that new College of Florida will become Florida's classical college more along the lines of Hillsdale of the South, said uh, John James Uthmeyer, chief of staff for DeSantis. If you're not familiar with Hillsdale College, it's takes no government money and is one of the finest schools. I think it's located in Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. But they have a classical curriculum, and the people that graduate there are just outstanding, for the most part. A newly appointed member outlined goals including abolishing diversity, equity, and inclusion, and replacing it with equality, merit, and colorblindness. Uh, this in response to Rufo's appointment, Democrat State Anna, Representative Anna Escamani said the governor appointed a political propagandist. DeSantis is destroying higher education in Florida for his own political gain. It's disgusting, bad for our workforce development and everyone. Faculty, administration, alumni, students need to fight back, Escamani said. What a loser. I, you know, I guess people, if you're on the other side, you're supposed to just make bad comments about whatever that happens. But my goodness, to not see the value of having a Hillsdale South here in Florida is just, that's unbelievable. Well, Florida's only baby box recently received its first surrendered newborn. The device is located at the Ocala Fire Station and was provided by Safe Haven Baby Boxes. The organization installed at least 134 boxes at participating facilities across the country. In 2021, lawmakers passed legislation that expanded the time period that parents could surrender a newborn from 7 to 30 days. The bill also authorizes hospitals, fire stations, and emerging medical services stations that are staffed 24 hours a day to install a baby box. The box sets off an alarm in the facility if the baby is placed in it. Details of the recent event remain hidden to protect the anonymity of the infant. Don't know the details other than that, but kind of an interesting development for people are overwhelmed by having a new infant in the in the home, have the chance to give it up and make sure it's going to be taken care of. Well, data for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention shows that COVID-19 hospitalizations in Florida doubled between November and January, but death rates remain low. The state reported 309 fatalities throughout the last week of December, down from 664 deaths during the same week in 2020. COVID hospitalizations increased to a weekly average of 2,200 admissions by the first week of January, suggesting the virus is spreading faster, but its effects 
aren't as severe. Well, the House on Monday adopted rules for the 118th Congress, which comprise agreements made between now Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his Republican detractors during last week's historic uh, speaker battle. The rules package, which includes numerous changes to last Congress rules, was passed nearly on party lines 220 to 213, just one dissenter on the Republican Party. Changes made to last Congress's rules are aimed at reducing government spending, increasing legislative transparency, and shifting power away from leadership and toward the rank-and-file members. McCarthy said in his statement following the rules package, rules that empower members to debate and legislate are replacing rules that silence their voice and centralized power. Rules that increase transparency are replacing rules that kept law, lawmaking hidden behind closed doors. And the rules that reopen Congress to we are the, the people are replacing rules like proxy voting that kept the floor empty. The rules include keeping net spending under the current level through the next 10 years. They require a supermajority to vote to pass tax increases, a 72-hour notice on legislation before it can be considered, and a one-member threshold to place in motion to vacate the chair, a rule that has been a point of contention last week at McCarthy's uh, pushed for a lower threshold from 5 to 1. The rules exclude the option for members to vote by proxy and limit virtual appearances in committees to witnesses at the discretion of the committee chair. Proxy voting was implemented in response to the coronavirus in May 2020, but it was widely abused and people were doing it all the time at the end. The rules also make several changes to committees, including changing the Committee of Oversight and Reform to the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. They necessitate the consideration of two committee-related resolutions, one to establish a powerful select committee on the weaponization of the federal government to be housed under the Judiciary Committee, and one to establish a select committee examining the strategic competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. Freedom Caucus Chair Representative Scott Perry said in a statement about the Republican success in passing the rules package that the vote ratified an historic transformational agreement to restore the people's house back to the American people. For the first time in a generation, conservatives have the power and the tools to stop trillions in reckless spending, special interest handouts, secret last-minute deals, and other abusive, irresponsible practices, Perry stated. Most importantly, we again have the ability to hold our leadership accountable on the promises to the American people to dismantle the radical Biden agenda. By contrast, Rules Committee ranking member Jim Jordan disapproved of the package, bashing it as a, I should say, Jim McGovern, not Jim Jordan. He's a Democrat from Massachusetts, as bashing it as deeply flawed on the House floor ahead of the vote. McGovern cited on his top issues in the Rules Changes to Ethics Committee, legislation on eliminating taxpayer-funded abortions, exercising appropriate care for babies who survive abortions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's hard to even say this without chuckling. Uh it's just uh, amazing how, again, saying something to uh, to uh, to discredit the uh, Republican Party, but what they're saying is just makes no sense whatsoever. Anyhow, the House has now passed also uh, a bill clawing back eighty million dollars that was to be used to expand the Internal Revenue Service through the hiring of eighty-seven thousand new agents. The vote touted by the uh, new Speaker Kevin McCarthy at an instance of promises kept. And promises made and promises kept. Uh, passage of the bill will, uh, was a top priority for McCarthy, who touted it in his ascension to speech on Saturday. You see, we believe government should be there to help you, not to go after you. 
Other Republican priorities in the new term included pushing legislation to authorize the Secretary of Homeland Security to bar illegal aliens, prevent Secretary of Energy from sending gas to the strategic oil reserves to China, and prohibit tax-funded abortions. Taxpayer-funded abortions, I should say. Also, the uh, Select Committee on Weaponization of the Federal Government is being formulated by the new Republican-led House will have the authority to oversee ongoing criminal investigations, including those focused on former President Donald Trump, and also have access to classified information available to the House Intelligence Committee. It is likely the committee will be conducting oversight over investigations into Trump, reviewing those probes amid some concerns that the Biden administration has weaponized the government against its chief political rival. This is a really big deal, quite frankly. Justice Department investigations into Trump had special counsel Jack Smith looking at such things as handling of the presidential document that led to the August 2022 raid on Trump's private residence at Mar-a-Lago. Trump is also being probed over the January 6, 2021 Capitol attack with critics accusing him of inciting supporters to storm the landmark to disrupt congressional certification of Biden's election. Now, in my opinion, again, that election was certainly questionable, and they should be suing some investigation not only into January 6th, but also into the election itself, because, quite frankly, Biden in the basement can't win the election. I don't care... I call me an election denier, but uh, there's no way, and there's so much evidence to show that uh, he should not be president. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator and Florida State Senate president. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Thank you. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, They get the politics and they know the policy. They prepare elected officials to win. And you can find out more by visiting the website, vfga.org. Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senate president and our our, uh, state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Not sure we've uh, talked about what happened during the inauguration of the governor's uh, second term, now, now inaugurated into office. Uh, I think you were there for it. Uh, any comments? Yeah, you know, it was it was kind of cool, uh, really. Um, in my position as uh, Senate President, um, I was fortunate to be part of the 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 line that went, you know, and with the with the cabinet members and the Supreme Court um, members on the stage. And uh, as he gave his remarks, and gosh, it was, there, there, uh, I think there were about 4,000 people there at least. Wow. Um, and it was a very exciting day. Governor's remarks were uplifting, and, you know, he did a great job. His family was just adorable. <laughs> and again, this, uh, actually, you know, some of his inside stuff is so cute. You know, everybody had a sign seating and you had your names on the seat. And, uh, you know, you processed in according to where you were sitting and mm. et cetera. And his kids came up and they had, when they had processed in, they were told, this is the order you go in. But somebody had just stuck the names on the chairs, not thinking. Then they started a fight over whose seat was what. <laughs> <laughs> and it just showed, you know, just the human side yeah. of the governor's family. And, um, you know, that, it was great. And then, of course, his remarks were wonderful. And it was a day full of interesting activities they had the um, Million Moms uh, reception at the governor's mansion it was packed. A lot of women from all over the state came. And then, of course, there was the inaugural ball. And, and I haven't worn a ball gown in 20 years, so that was kind of interesting. Um, it was, you know, it was, and then we got back to work the next day. Yeah, so interesting. You know, it just reminds me, Tallahassee is a hard place to get to. So. Yeah. <laughs> six and a half hours plus with the uh, problems with the um the airlines it's been it's torturous I, a lot of men you know i was up there i go up early because i have lots of things to do but a lot of members 
uh, we're getting in at three or four in the morning, and oh, it's just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Has ever ever been any as an aside any consideration of moving the capital to like Orlando or someplace in the middle of the state? Well, it's funny that you see, yes, that actually uh, was almost a reality, uh, maybe about 20, 25 years ago. And uh, the uh, legislator who represents that area was able to get appropriations in the budget for to build the tower that is behind the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And that kind of cemented staying there. Um, you know, it would be a, a monumental job because we'd have to move the old Capitol because that's part of the, you know, history. Um, personally, it would be a lot easier. Oh yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I, I think that's a non-starter now. Well, before air conditioning in Florida became a state, they had Tallahassee and chose that because it was closer to the the central things that were going on in Washington D.C. I'm sure. So, uh, not well. Ever- what happened? What happened was the, uh, the the only places in Florida that were developed back then were the Keys, Jacksonville. And Pensacola. Ah. So they chose Tallahassee because it's halfway between Jacksonville and Pensacola. So and, interesting. Yeah, back in, I guess, when, it, when, it, when the state became a state. And, uh, you know, they obviously couldn't pick the keys because of getting theirs even worse. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, and today some news that kind of excited me. I was really pleased to hear that the new College of Florida... Uh, is now going to be transformed from a, a progressive type of school, and according to their charter in the in the internet or in the uh, their uh, uh, website, uh, to uh, and, and the actually the quote was to a Hillsdale South type of school, trying to create another Hillsdale College here in Florida. I, f- I found that to be very exciting. Yeah, well, it, you know, the, the also the backstory on that is. Um, that new college enrollment has been steadily declining. And we have, um, uh, the state has, uh, it costs about $200,000 to educate a kid there. Wow. And the, the enrollment's way down. So we had no choice. We were actually considering um, uh, having Flor- University of Florida or Florida State take it over um, because you just can't keep that up. I mean, it's, it's just fiscally irresponsible. Sure. Well, we, uh, uh, you know, rather than do that, and we, you know, we talked to their leadership and said, look, we'll let you stay open, but you can't continue to be what you are because, you, you know, nobody's going there. Yeah. Well, uh, is, is there any indication that uh, this uh, redirection of the school is going to change the enrollment? Well, I think it will. You know, kids these days, by and large, um, want to go to a school that actually gives them marketable skills when they graduate. And the kind of degrees they were offering didn't offer, didn't give them the ability to actually get a job. So, you know, we're hoping that the uh, students that attend there will uh, be able to take classes and, and degrees that they can actually use. So I think that will help with enrollment. Yeah, that's outstanding. Well, it's, to me, just a real positive st- step in the right direction, uh, yeah. having a classical education for kids. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've met kids that have come out of uh, Hillsdale College. And <laughs> without exception, everyone is just very special. I think it has a lot to do with, first of all, kids that decide to go to Hillsdale. But second of all, uh, just the, the positive education that they receive there. Well, we, we have to take a look at our delivery of education. Uh, not just K through 12, but higher ed, yep. uh, because you know the liberal arts uh, concept 
was good back, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. But now everybody's specialized, just like our occupations are specialized. Like, you know, when I, when I uh, uh, first started my practice of law, everybody did everything. Nowadays, you have to specialize. And I think the education institutions have to do the same thing so that students that get out, they can get a job and, and be uh, productive. <clears throat> you know, that's not to say liberal arts is bad, because right. we do we do need a lot of the, you know, you need reading, writing, arithmetic, and, and history and everything. I think that's really important, but you've got to also include things that they can get a job with. Outstanding. Again, uh, Kathleen Pasadena, our state senator and state senate president, just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, you know most health insurance plans don't cover international travel. And you can travel with confidence with international health insurance for as little as $1.25 a day. Find out more, visit the website, and sign up internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast, former radio host in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, it's my pleasure. And it seems like, Bob, so many times we talk about heavy, serious subjects. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff that you can talk about. But I figure today we're going funny. And... um, 
somebody sent some questions to this Japanese doctor about exercise and drinking and uh, is it good for you or isn't it? So I thought I would share some of his responses. <laughs> and then he's got a list of people that uh, went against the grain and lived to be very old. So first of all, he says, Dr., I heard the cardiovascular exercise can prolong life. Is that true? He goes, nope. The heart's only good for so many beats. That's it. Don't waste time on exercise. Everything wears out eventually. Speeding up your heart will not make you live longer. It's like saying you extend the life of a car by driving faster. Want to live longer? Take a nap. <laughs> my okay, kind of so doctor. far so good. Yes, yeah, so far so good. Yeah, he says, should I reduce my uh, alcohol intake? He goes, oh, no, wine's made from fruit. Fruit's very good. Beer's also made of grain. Grains are good. Bottom. What are some of the advantages of participating in a regular exercise program? He says, can't think of one. My philosophy is no pain. Very good. Yeah. Are fried foods bad for you? He goes, you're not listening. <laughs> Food fried in vegetable oil. How how?" Isn't, aren't vegetables bad or good for you? Uh, let's see, is swimming good for your figure? He said, if swimming is good for the figure, explain the whale to me. <laughs> it's pretty good and stuff. Then the doctor says, life is not, a, is not a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in an attractive and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in sideways Beer in one hand, chocolate in the other, the body thoroughly used up, totally worn out, screaming, woohoo, what a ride my life has been. Eat whatever you like because you'll still die. So then he gives examples. The inventor of the treadmill died at 54. The inventor of gymnastics died at 57. The world bodybuilding champion died at 41. The best footballer in the world died at age 60. But the KFC, you know, Kentucky died at 94. Yeah. The inventor of Nutella brand, you know, that chocolate hazelnut, he died at 88. The cigarette maker, Winston, Winston Cigarettes, died at the age of 102. The inventor of opium died at 116 in an earthquake. Wow. Hennessy Cognac died at 98. There you go. He summarizes it. He says, the rabbit's always jumping up and down, but it lives for two years. The turtle that doesn't exercise at all lives 400 years. Well, it's good stuff, Boo. Well, sounds like my kind of doctor, quite frankly. I, I boo yeah, it. but you, you eat pretty healthy. You eat healthier than most people, and I, I applaud you for that. But um, I guess this guy, don't overdo. Just don't Be overdo. That's right. I mean, everything in moderation, right? Reminds me of a story. I was uh, visiting with my friend, is an orthopedic surgeon. We were just sitting outside, and this uh, kid, he's probably 10 or 11 years old. He's a little overweight, but he's sitting there eating one Hershey bar after another and just consuming them. He must have, in 10 minutes, he must have eaten seven Hershey bars. It was just amazing. I said to my friend, you know, you're in healthcare. Uh, why don't you go up and talk to that young man? He's doing something to really destroy his life. And uh, my friend said, no, nah, I really don't want to. He said, well, you really should. So he did. He went up. He went to the young man. He said, you know, you're destroying your health by eating all these Hershey bars. You realize this could lead to diabetes, all kinds of problems in your life. 
And uh, it's really, uh, I just encourage you not to be eating those Hershey bars one after another. And the kid looked at him and said, you know, my grandfather died last week. Uh, he was 103 years old. And my friend said, well, did he eat Hershey bars all the time? He said, no, but he knew how to mind his own business. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that story? <laughs> That's cute, and he kept right on eating the Hershey bars. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I know. It's always a conundrum. Do you go out, do you exercise? You know, you see all these young people, they're running, they're getting out, they're bike, riding their bikes all through Pelican Bay like demons. They're weightlifting, they're going to the gym on a regular basis. And we did that when we were young. Now we get to the stage where we're like, eh, why bother? Yeah, you know, but I think it's our nature to aspire and to, uh, and sometimes it's financial, sometimes it's in a lot of different ways, but it's all, you know, the the positive side of exercise is it does, you do secrete endorphins, it, it helps you be more positive uh, and more optimistic in your life. So there's a lot of positives to exercise, but I think the doctor's right, don't do it in extreme. Yeah, don't go overboard. And when you're young, you have a tendency to go overboard. You know, you're on the Peloton for two hours. You're doing, you know, you're running marathons all the time. I always wondered about that because um, I used to compete in triathlons. But, you know, it's running, it's biking, it's swimming, you know, it's kind of a blend. But, you know, you almost wonder if you're wearing out your joints. Well, there's no question. I played uh, racquetball competitively for years. Uh, at the consequences, I had both of my knees replaced in 2006. I had her hip replaced uh, this year. <laughs> I I didn't realize what I was doing to my body all that time. I was playing probably 12 hours a week uh, during. Oh uh, wow! So uh, it it was it really took its toll. I mean, there's a, a lot of movement back and forth, and a lot of stopping and, and starting, and uh, it can be pretty violent on your joints. So uh, you know, you should be mindful of uh, taking care of yourself at the same time. Well, but see, we say that with the wisdom coming from age. Yep. You tell a young person that, and he'll chocolate bar said, mind your own business, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So, Boo, I didn't know this about you. You participated in triathlons? Yes. Yeah, I did for years. Well, I think I did about six of them. Wow. So yeah, they it, weren't the real. They weren't the big marathon. You know, the big Ironman ones. They were, you know, smaller in distance. Uh, but, you know, required a lot of training nonetheless, and I really enjoyed them. Wow, that's just amazing, Boo. You're, uh, uh, how many years did you do that? Oh, probably over a period of about six years. I did about one a year. Wow. And, uh, you know, sometimes I do them with, with other friends, which is always fun to have a... And, but a lot of times, then, then sometimes I just did them on my own. And then after a while, I thought, eh. I'm done. Yeah, that's just an amazing story. So interesting. For our listeners' benefit, they may not be, realize that uh, Boo is somewhat of a daredevil, but she jumped out of an airplane, of course, with a parachute. She's uh, <laughs> climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. She's just, you've been a real adventurer in your life. Well, and again, I did it when I was young, and you have the energy and the drive to do it, um, which I think is makes life exciting. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you challenge yourself. You learn a lot of lessons when you put yourself outside of your comfort zone. So true. And all that said, I think after the show, I'm going to take a nap. 
<laughs> and follow the doctor's advice. Boom sure, this a- later this afternoon, get a candy bar in one hand, a glass of wine in the other, read a good book, and then take a nap. There Isn't you that go. delicious. <laughs> Boo Mortensen, again, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the Wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. Uh, you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you very much, sir. How are you? I'm well, Seton. I hope you are as well. Very well, thank you. I just want to remind our listeners that Seton has now taken up residence in Belize. Well, I yes. think it's English-speaking, if I'm not mistaken. The, yes, uh, between the U.S. And, and Belize, only one has English as its official language, and it, it ain't the U.S. <laughs> so, Seton, you wrote a piece called Dem Impersonation, 15 Speaker Votes, D.C., Where Bad Ideas Never, Ever Die. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know... I'm constantly reminded now, of, you know, Bob Dole, rest in peace, ran for the 96th presidency against Clinton, Bill Clinton. Uh, Clinton was the incumbent. And, and 
Dole didn't want to run against the personal record of you know, the amorality of Bill, of Bill Clinton. But the closest he got to hinting at it was a great line. I remember when he said it, I was like, there's the lucid moment of this campaign. He said, we've lost shame as a motivating factor in our society. Yeah. And it's only gotten truer in the subsequent three decades. And, you know, I don't know. By the seventh or eighth vote, perhaps McCarthy should have contemplated withdrawing. Yeah. And letting someone else run for speaker. Um, you know, 15 votes. What is this? For, you know, that is very third world. You know, we're going we're gonna to run elections until, you know, and it's also very reminiscent, by the way, of the Democrats. They lose an election and they recount and recount and recount until they win the election. Mm -hmm. And that's what McCarthy did. And, you know, he, he's browbeating people who don't want to vote for him into voting for him. Uh, that's just not how it should be done. So, you know, and again, if you had any shame at all, you you know, after seven or eight or probably two, maybe one, you'd have withdrawn and let someone else run. Well, to um, your to your point, he he should have had those votes lined up before the first vote, and he didn't resolve important issues to uh, to his uh, members of Congress. The consequences leading to that fifteen votes. Now, I will say, I'm really pleased with the rules changes that came out of this, and the, there's very. But here's the thing: if it took fifteen votes to get those rule changes, that means Speaker McCarthy doesn't believe in them, which means he shouldn't be Speaker. I couldn't agree more. I'm, I am not a f fan of uh, McCarthy's. Uh, I think he was dependent. He was basically saying, "Look, I had the job and I deserve it because it's, it's got nothing to do with merit. It's got stri strictly to do with seniority." That was kind of his position. And we and we've done that with the presidency too. Yes, Who's we have. Next in line, yeah. McCain. McCain's next in line. Let's run him. Yeah. Um, and so you know, the the nomination for speaker or the presidency is not a lifetime achievement award. It's not a it's not a star on the Walk of Fame. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so so that that goes on, and, and of course, you know, the bad idea doesn't die. It, it, we get beaten over the head with it until it you know becomes a reality. And in early January, uh, Biden renominated a bunch of awful nominees to various bureaucracies that were so awful they couldn't get through a fifty-fifty Senate. And now the excuse is, well, now it's 51-49 Senate, Democrat majority, and therefore these nominees can get through. Well, they haven't become any better nominees. No. They're just as awful as they were before. They just have one extra vote. And, and you know, power being the only thing that matters in D.C., we've got them. We, you know, it's the line from Godfather. Let's, let's take them now while we got the muscle. Um <laughs> You know, this is this is this is what we're dealing with here. Uh, you know, P Frank Pantangeli. Let's get him now while we got the muscle. Yeah. Um, but but you know, and the, the, the nominees are so. Gigi Sohn is a nominee for the Federal Communications Commission. She was nominated. I don't know, maybe second half of 2021, and there were Dem there was a Democrat, Kristen Sinema, that was opposed to her, and she Kristen Sinema is still opposed to her. Uh, because she's awful. I know her. I've, I've done two. I put together two panels in my life in D.C., and then I realized it was a complete waste of time. She was on both of them. She's a very nice lady. Yeah. She's a big New York Jets fan. She's really, she's, she's a very nice person. She's insane politically. Yeah. She's radical as hell. And she hasn't gotten any less radical. They just picked up a vote in the Senate. And, 
And and so she's gonna they're gonna try to ram her through again. Um, you know, now that they got the muscle, and and uh, you know the, 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 she's a bad idea. It doesn't die. It just lingers until they have the ability to to ram it through. And now they're gonna try to ram her through. And she's you know she. They're complaining because the Federal Communications Commission is tied 2-2 right now. Without her fifth vote, it's supposed to be three of the president's party, two of the other, on, on a full complement. Well, most of what the FCC does and all the stuff it does that's legal can be done with a 2-2, with a, with a bipartisan split. Yep. Because most of the stuff they do is nuts and bolts, technical stuff that is non-ideological. It doesn't matter. So they had a very good first half of the Obama administration, I mean, of the Biden administration. They got a lot of good stuff done. Yeah. The stuff they couldn't get done is the ideological crap that they jammed through with three unelected bureaucrats voting for it, like net neutrality, like a bunch of other stuff. And that's what that's what's been missing. None of the stuff that actually needs to be accomplished and can be accomplished was was held up in the first two years. It was just this ideological stuff. So, you know, you just again, take a look at some of the people that have been gone through the Senate and received Senate approval. It, it literally, in many cases, they're clowns. I mean, they're, it's a clown show. Just unbelievable. Well, I mean, we, we just confirmed. This is another joke I, 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 play for my, I, I play out for myself here in Belize. I tell them a, a Supreme Court nominee was nominated and asked what to define a woman, and she couldn't, and she got confirmed to the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And they look at me like, how retarded is that, is that country you just left? And I'm like, it's quite retarded. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's, 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 the, you know, the, you don't get to nominate someone who's unconstitutional and unqualified just because you won the presidency. And what, what, what Gigi Son wants to do that, that isn't already being done is unconstitutional because, they, you know, for example, Congress has never passed a law with the phrase net neutrality in it. The FCC can't do anything unless and until Congress empowers it to do so. Additionally, of course, you have to, the, the, the preeminent question to that is, does Congress have the constitutional authority to authorize a federal bureaucracy to do anything? Yeah. Um, we can debate that part uh, with regard to net neutrality. What we do know for certain is that they have not passed a law empowering the FCC to impose that neutrality? Yeah, and they uh, they shouldn't. Well, this this is just a shame. And uh, again, if, uh, we haven't gone into the details of net neutrality, but uh, just just to, to sum up in in, a, in uh, just a few words. What well, it's it's it, it's it's a huge imposition on the internet providers, who are by the way the people who have made all these developments in speed and technological advancements possible. Whether you're talking about speed on the wired end. Or wireless with the five G, you know, the five G coming, which is going to be a massive. You're talking about a gigabit of speed per second download and upload. Yeah. Um, all this is done by the ISPs. They've done it without net neutrality, and everyone's benefited mightily from the lack of net neutrality. Well, what net neutrality does? It does a bunch of stupid things. It regulates them to where they have to treat every byte the same, every every millibyte the same. So the email from your grandmother has to be treated the same as the email from the Nigerian prince. There's, you, you know, all bytes are equal. We can't differentiate. Yeah. And yeah. one of the side benefits is the big tech companies that consume over half of the bandwidth in the United States who don't contribute will be out. Making them contribute will be outlawed by net neutrality. Yeah. Unbelievable. You can't See? tell Google and you can't tell Facebook and you can't tell Netflix. 
hey, you've got to kick in on these infrastructure payments because you're benefiting, to, you know, your trillion dollar companies because of these things. You're not paying at all, and net neutrality outlaws them paying at all. Unbelievable. Seat Miley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. You as well. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, You'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. We have with us Linda Harden, former columnist. She used to write Greetings from Paradise. Now, well, most informed about what's happening internationally and nationally and right here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning, Linda. It's Scandal Tuesday. Tell us about it. Well, so this is so interesting because you remember when the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump's home? Yes. And uh, it was just like, oh, Donald Trump, former president of the United States, by the way, I still think he's president. He never lost. Um, Has all these classified documents, which, by the way, he has every, had every, whether they were or weren't, he had every right to declassify them because after all, he the president right so now they have found at the university of pennsylvania classified documents pertaining to when joe biden 
was vice president. So, and, and here's the funny thing about all of this. The University of Pennsylvania has its own issues because it has received over $50 million from the Chinese Communist Party. And these classified documents they found, um, by the way, if you're vice president, you don't get to declassify anything. Right. Only if you're president. So there is, there is hypocrisy rearing its ugly head all over the place. Here's the good news. The mainstream media is covering this. So, and uh, oh, by the way, oh, oh, by the way, they knew about these documents before the midterm elections. Yeah. So my, my question is, which of uh, Joe Biden's residences will Merrick Garland uh, have the FBI raid? Exactly. Exactly. And so so an AP reporter, Associated Press reporter, actually asked Biden when he's sitting at this long table with all these people uh, in Mexico City about the documents and you know that evil smile he gets mm-hmm. he just smiled that evil smile and by the way the media is replaying when joe biden was on 60 minutes and scott pelly was was trying to demonize trump as 60 minutes constantly did and they said and he asked uh, scott pelly asked joe biden well what do you think about donald trump having these classified documents in mar-a-lago and he said, I can't imagine how anyone could be so irresponsible. Yeah. It is just glorious. I am loving every single second of this. Well, so we're going to well, see how this all transpires. My guess is that somehow, some, maybe it'll come up in the investigations uh, now that... Uh, well, well, wait, James Comer, the guy who's the head of the, now the head of the Oversight Committee in, in, in Congress, is going, wait, 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 wait. We're just not gonna. We're not gonna let this go by. We're just gonna do um, some special in investigating about this. And oh, by the way, Joe Biden's own uh, 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 attorney general has assigned a special person, attorney, to look into these documents. Now, I think that the telephone lines are burning up in between Mexico City and Washington D.C. Going. Holy crap, what are we going to do about this? Yeah. So I'm also interested, we'll see how this develops, but I'm also interested in, in the, the release of the Twitter files uh, from uh, Elon Musk. And apparently he's uh, given this over to, uh, what's his Alec name? Berenson. Alex Berenson. Alex Berenson. Who, who by the way, um, Alex Berenson sued Twitter and won yeah. for, for being silenced. And so... I mean, Alex was on Tucker Carlson last night, but but the but he's he's releasing bit by bit of this um, uh, vaccine and and uh, cover up and, and censorship. And oh, by the way, I'm putting all this on Facebook to see how long it's going to take for them to to throw me in jail because Facebook has been censoring. They were in cahoots with the White House. Um, Twitter was in cahoots with the White House, to, and Scott Gottlieb. This was the, the big thing that that aired last uh, was revealed yesterday. Scott Gottlieb, who used to be the head of the FDA and is now on the board of Pfizer, told Twitter to silence anybody who said anything bad about the vaccines. This is getting to be, I'm you know I don't know how many people you can throw in Gitmo for treason. I don't know, but but. It's a good thing they made that place bigger because this is just, you, you can't, 
Uh, so corrupt. It's so it's so disappointing. But you know what? Corrupt doesn't even do it justice. The word corrupt. It's just so evil. And now that uh, we've already seen in some parts of the country that uh, they're making decisions to start to mask up. Who knows what? And now the CDC is so discredited in terms of a being having a public health voice that uh, I don't know who could believe them. We're so fortunate to live here in the state of Florida, where we have uh, Doctor uh, Ladapo. Is that his name? Ladapo. Ladapo. I'm Ladipo. sorry. And uh, you know, making good good recommendations for us in terms of our public health, but. The FDA, the CDC, all these organizations, they've just demonstrated how corrupt they are. You know, the only thing they can do that could really improve the situation is stop lying. Well, they, they, all these people need serious come-to-Jesus moments because um, they are all keep digging themselves into deeper and deeper holes with these revelations. And they're hoping, by the way, um, when I um, circle back to, to Joe Biden and his documents for a second, uh-huh. the, the media is complicit in, in hiding all this information. They would never report on it about the vaccines and whatever. They are pushing, 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 right? Because who, who, is, who, who puts money into all these shows, especially NBC and, and whatever? It's Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer. Everything's brought to you by Pfizer. So the, the media is complicit in this. But now... The media is going, wait a second, what's this? And, and I'm waiting for, for um, more and more of the media to wake up and to start uh, broadcasting and reporting all this stuff because this is, this is a scandal that makes Watergate look like kindergarten cops. Yeah. Well, and I'm also uh, eager. Uh, I hope these... Uh this, uh, these new rules in the House uh, lead to good uh, investigations. Uh, Jim Jordan is going to be heading up judiciary as well as the investigation into uh, all these lies that, and uh, what's happened with regard to Fauci. And, you know, there's just a lot of good stuff that's going to be uncovered by the, uh, the uh, House committees just looking forward to all this transpiring. Listen, the fact that James Comer came out within minutes of these, this revelation of these documents and said, nope, 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 we're not going to let this go. We're just going to start, we're, and he's on, on the media, it's going, we're looking into this right now. Yeah. But, but can you imagine, just to, the elections were stolen, we know it, but what if people had known about these classified documents before the midterm elections? Yeah. Unbelievable that, that he were able to cover it up until now. So, so it seems like Biden is kind of some in, in somewhat of a legal box right now. He's going to have a tough time going hey, forward. If I were him, I'd stay in Mexico. <laughs> and 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 you know what? It's he, just to gla- glass over that um, border trip. Everybody in the media is talking about what a hoax that was. Yeah. That they cleaned up El Paso. They put all these people in jail or put them in in uh, in other other places so they wouldn't be seen and can i just say one more thing i know you i know we're wrapping up but um just to mention what's going on in brazil i saw on the media this morning uh social media uh, pictures of these people that that uh lula's uh henchmen have have rounded up and put in this gymnasium type place they have no food no water no bathrooms there's like 1200 of them that that were protesting against this uh um, illicit election that took place, and Lula, by the way, don't forget, is a is a 
convicted felon. Right. Um, but what's going on in Brazil? Wake up, people. You need to pay attention to what's going on in Brazil because it is, it is amazing. It is indeed. Linda, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I just want to remind you that Wednesday through Saturday, uh, you can enjoy a great food, a great dinner, not only breakfast and lunch, but dinner at Lulubee's Diner. I hope you'll visit uh, uh, Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Richie, the uh, chef, does a great job. Now, uh, on Wednesday, tomorrow, we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor. We'll also uh, have other good things going on as well. Uh, always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs>